is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So if you've been with us over recent weeks, you'll know that we're going through a series this autumn which we've called Jubilee Family Values. And we've looked at a number of things that are important to us as a church, some of the values that we have. And, and I guess the trouble with doing a series like this, there's invariably things you think, ah, oh, we didn't put that on the list, that's actually important, and we forgot that one. And there will, there will of course, be some things like that. But I do think that over these, these weeks, this term, we are hitting some of the things that are most important to us. So we've talked about things like loving God, worship. We've talked about belonging, mission, prayer, generosity, spiritual gifts. Though that certainly wasn't the whole overview, and we didn't mention using spiritual gifts in everyday life. But hey, we'll come back to that another point, I would guess. But we've been covering some of these things, and this morning we get to look at another value, another thing that's important to us. But we, before we get to explore it, I just, I'm going to ask you a question. And you can answer this, you need to shout it out real loudly, your answer. If I was to ask you to describe God's in just a few words, maybe just one word. What word would you pick? Uh, let's have a few. Now, you cannot repeat a word, okay? So if you want to go, go for the obvious ones, get in early. Love. love, okay, so love's gone. Okay, so that, that's, that's one down. What, what other words? Faithful, good, trustworthy, good ones, Dan. Almighty. Merciful, miss that one? Holy, gracious, my father. There's two words. My father. How about, how about that? If we hyphenate it, you know, if we, you know, my father, there we are. Fatherly, there we are. One word, have a father. We, we could go on, couldn't we? There, there are lots of words that, that describe God, describe his, his characteristics, and, and tell us something about who he is. And the sort of words that you would use probably reflect your image of who God is and what he's like. So if your mental image of God is one of a loving father who is, who is kind and full of tenderness and, and loving and so on, that, that would be one picture. Or maybe your image of God is perhaps one of a stern, autocratic, some, somewhat detached deity out there somewhere. That would be, if, if that's your image of God, then maybe your list of words might be somewhat different. And the mental image you have of God will shape the list of words you, you, you put down. And actually the reverse is true as well. Maybe if you ended up thinking, oh, this is the list that describes God, I think, then that would then also shape your mental image of him and who he is. But this morning we're going to look at just one of those words. We're going to look at one thing that tells us something about God and who he is and what he's like. 
And it's interesting, I don't think we got this word in the earlier list. Because this morning we're going to look at the subject of compassion. And my, my, some of you are going to go, oh, I was just about to say compassionate. Um, but that's the, that's the value we're looking at this morning, compassion. Now, this, uh, I'm going to move the guitar over, Caroline. Is that right? Because I'm just going to send it flying if I don't. Yeah, I can see that. Let's put it there. Sarah and I had planned to do this preach together, uh, and that's what we were working towards. Uh, but that was somewhat scuppered recently by a new arrival that you, you may have seen that we've got, who is a, a, a tiny baby that has been placed with us. And so that has somewhat shaped our last few weeks to be somewhat different to what we expected. But it is something that we've sat down and prepared together um, while Sarah's been been feeding or, or doing other things. Uh, and so it's something that whilst I'm delivering it here, this has been, been shaped by both of us, and it would have been both of us if we hadn't had a new small person. But actually, that perhaps is relevant to where we'll get to. So we'll come back to that in a moment. So why don't we pray and um, ask God to be with us. Father, we want to thank you for your, your goodness and your kindness and your love towards us. And all these other things that we talked about and we listed on our uh, things that we would use, to, words that we would use to describe you. And we pray that in these moments this morning as we look at the subject of compassion, that God, you would speak to us, you would challenge us, you would inspire us. God, you'd help us understand something more of you and your heart this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, compassion. If you're taking notes, that's your heading. Jubilee Family Values, compassion. God is compassionate. That's your first heading, if you like. God is compassionate. The psalmist tells us this in Psalm 145, verse 8. It says, The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord, it goes on, is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Interesting, isn't it? In two verses, we get compassion and compassionate. It's like the psalmist wants us to see something about who God is. Isaiah puts it like this in Isaiah 54. Though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed... Yet my unfailing love for you, says the Lord, will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. The prophet Jonah, you may be familiar with his story in the Old Testament. Jonah, when he was sulking and getting angry at God, none of us have ever done that, have we? When Jonah was sulking and getting, <laughs> getting angry with God for forgiving the Ninevites because he thought they deserved God's punishment, not forgiveness, he says this in Jonah 4. But to Jonah, this seemed very wrong that God would forgive him. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. 
And he goes on, now, Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. He is one grumpy prophet. But even in his grumpiness, Jonah recognizes that God is a God who is compassionate. Scripture clearly tells us this. The dictionary defines compassion as uh, the feeling or emotion when a person is moved by the suffering or distress of another and by the desire to relieve it. In the New Testament, we see that Jesus himself was moved by compassion. So, for example, Matthew tells us in his gospel in Matthew 9, 36, it says that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So if Jesus himself allowed himself to be moved by compassion, he allowed himself to be emotionally affected by people's pain and life, what does that say to us? What's the challenge there for us? What does the Bible have to say about how we should react to people's pain, distress, and suffering? Well, in Zechariah chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, we're given a clue as to what the answer to that question might be. Zechariah 7, verses 9 and 10. This is what the Lord Almighty said. Administer true justice, show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the foreigner or the poor. Do not plot evil against each other. Pretty clear instructions, aren't they, really? And you know, we can look at other verses in the New Testament, Ephesians 4, verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as, the, as in Christ God forgave you. And in Colossians, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe, your, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. We could go on, but you get the gist. There's plenty in Scripture that describes God as a compassionate God and instructs us to be compassionate likewise. I love that verse in Colossians where we're told to clothe ourselves with compassion. It's like it should be visible. Compassion should be something that is evident, should mark us out, along with these other qualities that that Paul lists. I, get the, I guess the question for us is, would other people say of us that we are compassionate people? Would the people that know you the best describe you as compassionate? I wonder what might people say about us as a church? Would they find us as a church full of compassion? Well, friends, I hope you'll see this is not an optional extra. This is not like there's the gospel here and then there's an extra bit for those real keenies who are called to be compassionate. Now, actually, we see in Scripture that 
God himself is a compassionate God and we are called to be like him. So how do we do it? Compassion is not just something that you think or feel, although that is clearly part of it. Actually, compassion goes the next stage and puts that feeling or thinking into action and does something about it. Unless we're completely hard-hearted, and I don't think we are, any of us this morning, we would find it pretty hard not to be moved by the sort of television adverts we might see where where charities are perhaps describing a a war-torn situation or a terrible famine that's hit another nation. Uh, And you you get a picture of a, a, a malnourished child, often tragically alongside filthy water that they're having to drink or, or, or covered in flies, spreading infection. And these sort of images we see in front of us, and I guess it's an image that most of us would have seen and most of us would have been sympathetic towards it. But how easy is it to forget that image by the end of the next advert? Or certainly by the end of the program we might be watching. We might be sympathetic and sorry for them, but does that move us then to action? The question I think for us this morning is, how do we allow God to move our hearts to action? How do we become more compassionate as individuals and as a church? Because if God is compassionate himself and he calls us to be like him, then the question has got to be, how do we do that? How do we become more compassionate? Before I answer that question, let me reference a prophetic word that we were given as a church some years ago. May 2015, to be precise. A friend of ours, Juliet Henderson, was part of a prophetic team at the time. She and others were visiting us, and she brought this word to us. And she said this, I saw you becoming a church that was very big in compassion ministries. I saw you setting up a big debt advice system that that served the wider city and even network with different people. I saw you setting up and being part of something with women refuge and homes as well. I saw you also becoming in the years to come. I saw you working with a local council in areas of fostering and adoption back in 2015. There have been other words we've had over the years as well about working with those who have been broken or downtrodden, but this one is particularly interesting. It's interesting to us because in 2015, we were right at the very beginning of our journey as foster carers. We had recently been approved, in fact, by the City Council as foster carers, but we had not yet had any children placed with us. We were sort of waiting for the phone call. There's not much waiting around these days, but in, in these moments we were, we, we were waiting for the first call. And yet the prophetic word spoke of us working with the council, this being a significant area of ministry for us. Now, there was at the time another family in the church who were, uh, were foster carers as well. 
But I don't think we could say it was a significant area of, of ministry for us. So it's fascinating that Juliet brought this word to us, saying that this would be something that would be so important to us in the years to come. And it seems actually that compassion, compassion ministry should be something that is important to us now and in the years to come. And whilst this is encouraging, isn't it great where, when a prophet who comes in from outside the church says something that is so helpful, challenging maybe, and we can look back and go, ah, oh, I think God was in that. But friends, if I'm really honest with you, I don't think it should take a prophetic word to challenge us in the area of compassion. Because scripture itself is pretty clear already. What the prophetic does is amplify that to us. What the prophetic does is take what's in Scripture and says, this part here God is speaking to you about particularly. And that's what this word was doing. One passage I didn't read earlier is from the book of James. In James chapter 1, verse 27, we're told this. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In biblical times, orphans and widows were among the most vulnerable in society. They could easily be overlooked. In our language today, we might describe the marginalized or the vulnerable. Widows would most certainly be vulnerable women in biblical times. And orphans certainly would have been vulnerable children. And, and perhaps that leads me to talk a little bit about our personal story in this and our journey of the last few years. Now, <clears throat> I wrote this bit. One person that I think excels at showing compassion is Sarah. Now, you might say I'm biased. I know that's probably true. But I would argue that compassion is something that God has put in her far more than me. I've had some catching up to do in recent years. But this is something that burns deeply in her heart and has been evidenced in the way in the last few years we have become foster carers. Now, to be honest with you, I, I, I felt a little apprehensive in sharing this. Mainly because it could look like I'm saying, oh, look at us, aren't we great? I'm not saying that. Please hear my heart in it. What I want to do is illustrate how compassion can look in the lives of two pretty ordinary people when God does something and blows by his spirit on what he's put in hearts. So is that okay? Do you understand what I'm, where I'm coming from here? And I can stand there and go, well, it's great. Right? All these babies come and go, and it's all wonderful. And it's, in many ways it is, but it's also heartbreaking. And there, friends, is a cost to compassion. Now, let me make it really clear. Fostering is, only, is not the only example of compassion. It's just the one that I know a little bit about. And it's the one that God has led us into. I'm not saying it's the only one. It's just the one that God has led 
us into. There are plenty of other examples of showing compassion as well. But like I said, it is one that's close to our hearts. But there is a cost to it. There really is. It's not easy. There is a cost for us when children move on. There's a cost to having your heart broken time and time again. It's painful, it really is. Sarah put it like this. She said, you need to be prepared to let your heart be broken in order to let the hearts of others heal. Good quote, isn't it? You need to be prepared to let your heart be broken in order to let the hearts of others heal. Now, we don't do it because there's anything special about us. We just do it out of obedience to the Lord because we feel that's what he's led us into as a family. The most obvious recipients of this compassion are the children themselves. I think it's probably 20-something, 25 kids or so that have been through our home in the last few years. They're the most obvious recipients of compassion, but they're not the only ones who need love and attention. There are other people in the mix as well. Birth parents who find themselves unable to care for the, these kids. We've got to know some of those over the years. And then if children move on to adoption or a place of permanence, there's the adopters or new carers as well. They need love and compassion and help in that journey for them as well. Because massive life change happens not just for us, but for them. And so we've found that opening up our home and welcoming them in, that's a link back to a previous message on hospitality, is a crucial part of getting to know them and helping them on their journey as well. We've had the joy of staying in touch with many of the families who've gone on to adopt the children that have been through our home. We've made some wonderful new friends along the way. Psalm 68 Verse 6 says, God sets the lonely in families. Isn't it wonderful when he does that? Isn't it wonderful to play a little part along that? So as we begin to close, what about you? I've shared with you some of our journey, what God has led us into. But what about you? How do you show compassion? This isn't a fostering recruitment talk, though. Maybe it could be. And if you want to become a foster carer or interested, please come and see me afterwards. I'd love to have a conversation, as would Sarah. But actually, the bigger question is, what is God leading you into? What does showing compassion look like for you? Maybe it's a small act of mercy, chatting to the homeless guy outside your favorite supermarket, offering to buy him a sandwich and a coffee. Maybe it's something more life-changing like I've shared this morning for our journey. Or maybe it's something completely different. What is it for you? What is God leading you into? How do you show compassion? And how do we allow God to move our hearts to action? How do we, how do we become more compassionate? Some of you will feel that you're called to this. Some of you will listen to a, a message like this and go, that's me. I know that I'm called to be compassionate. and My, my heart burns with that and comes, it becomes excited when you talk about it. 
Others of you may be more like me, certainly a few years ago, where you hear a message like this and go, that's, that's lovely for, for others. How do you become more compassionate? How do we grow in this? Some of you are feelers, you know, you, you feel it deeply. And if that's you, you need to allow God to stir your heart for more. But know in doing that, there will be a sacrifice. There will be a cost to that. But friends, if you're doing what God has called you to, the good news is that he provides the grace that you need. He provides all you need. Scripture says that his grace is sufficient. And it really is. And so if God is calling you to this, if you know that he's stirring your heart, there's a fulfillment in that and you'll know God's pleasure as you walk in it. You need to be prepared for God to move you, to lead you into it. I want to encourage you, get around other people with a similar heart. Get around others who feel it too. Who You can support one another. You can encourage one another. And if you're thinking, I'm not sure that is me yet, then why not ask God how he wants you to show compassion to those he's put around you? Where it is, who it is. Remember, James 1 is about showing compassion to the most broken, the most vulnerable, the most needy. I wonder, what's your response to that? We're going to pray in a moment. Perhaps as the band could come back up, please. I, I, I'm gonna, I'd like us to pray for one another this morning. And we'll do that in just a second. But friends, so often we think that compassion is something that other people have. I want to encourage you this morning that this is something that you can have. This is something that God has got for you. There might be different degrees to it. There might be others who are, perhaps it's more their thing, but I think this is, for all of us, this is all our thing, actually. We've all got our part to play, and God is calling all of us to grow in this area. So I'm going to pray, and then we're going to talk about how we might pray for one another. So, Father, I want to thank you for what Scripture has to teach us about compassion. And, Lord, I I pray now that as we open this up to pray for another, that, God, you would do something in our hearts and be at work in us, we pray in Jesus' name. So, we'd love to pray for people this morning. And uh, I was reflecting and talking to somebody just this week, saying, we haven't done much of that lately, actually. We should probably do more of praying for one another. And Sarah and I were talking, thinking, well, who is it that God wants us to pray for particularly? So here are some things. We're going to stand and worship in a moment. Caroline's going to lead us in a song. And if you'd like to receive prayer this morning, if this is an area you'd like to grow in, I'd love you to come and join us at the front and we, in a few moments, will pray for you. Maybe for you, you know that God has particularly given you a gift of compassion.
If that's you, we would love to pray for you and fan into flame what God has already started in your heart, that you would know his strength and power and grow in it. And there are others of you who, who know you feel God's heart for things sometimes, but you're not, not quite sure what to do with it, how to respond. We'd love to pray for you as well. And there may be others of you who think, I'm not sure I've got this gift of compassion, but I know I'd like it. And if that's you, then we'd love to pray for you as well. So can we stand together? And as we worship, as Caroline leads us in this final song, if you'd like to respond this morning, if you'd like us to pray for you, just come and join us down here at the front. And in a few moments, we're going to pray and ask God to stir something of his heart of compassion in us. Is that okay? So you come as we worship. Please come and we'll pray in a moment. Can I have some people to come and stand with these folk that have come forward? You sort of just come to the front, you guys. So make sure we've got some people to, to stand with them and pray. feel that actually there's some guys here that should be down the front. It's not just women who can love the needy and the poor and the broken. And I feel that today God wants to really speak to the men of the church. So let God just speak to you. And if you feel you need to be down here, it's not too late. I'm just going to pray. Why don't we just put our hands out? Just a sign that we're reaching out to God, that we're inviting God to come. And the line that's just in my head is God, would you break our hearts with the things that break your heart? You are a God of compassion. You are a God who loves the needy, who loves the vulnerable. You cry, you weep. God, would you change our hearts that it would become more and more like your heart. I feel God would say to us, don't be frightened of emotion. Don't be frightened to walk past that homeless person. Don't be frightened to cry and to feel that pain, to feel the heartache that that person is feeling. Don't be frightened to see that baby who hasn't got a mum and dad. Don't be frightened to, to cry about it because that is God's heart that he's putting in you. It's okay to feel things. 
And maybe you've never felt that before. Maybe, as Graham said, it's for other people. You think it's for other people, but God is saying to you today, I want you to be a feeler. I want you to have my heart. I want you to experience what it's like to have a broken heart. And in doing that, I will give you the the things. I will give you all that you need to go and to mend those broken hearts. I will not leave you. I will not expect you to do it on your own. I will give you the heart that I want you to have. But God is saying, I need you, my people. I need you, my church, to step out. I am calling you into new things of the Spirit. I am calling you into new things, into things of compassion. And maybe you are already a compassionate person. And God says, you know what? Today I'm going to give you even more compassion. And you say, I can't have any more because it hurts already. And God says, you don't know how much more compassion I have for the broken and the needy, for the homeless, for the orphans, for the widows. God says, my heart breaks every time I see a widow and an orphan and a person that is so vulnerable. And I want to give you that heart after my own heart today. And God is calling us and saying, are you prepared Are you prepared to have that broken heart? Are you prepared to have that sacrifice? And if it is a yes, then God says, I am going to go with you and I'm going to go before you and I'm going to give you all the tools that you need and you are going to see miracles. You're going to see hearts being turned around. Do you know what joy it is for us, me and Graham, to see little people's hearts mended? And we have seen the broken hearts of young people, of babies who have been orphaned, who have been hurt, who have been rejected. And we have seen their hearts mended. And we have had the privilege of loving them through their darkest days. And we have seen them grow into confident young people. And that is because God has given us all that we need to do that. Not because of who we are, but because God has given it all that we need. And God's saying, I'm going to give that to you too. And I'm going to give it to you in abundance. So God, won't you come now? God, would you break our hearts, Lord, with the things that break your hearts? Let us not be fearful of emotions, of crying, of weeping. But Lord, let us be bold and strong and full of faith as we step out. As we, as we say to you, God, we are prepared to have our hearts broken for the glory of God. So God, would you come, stir our hearts, Lord. Give us all that we need. Give us compassion in abundance, Lord Jesus. God, we say we are yours. Use us. Here I am, send me. Here we are, God, send us out to the vulnerable, to the needy, to the brokenhearted. And God says, as you do that, you're going to know my joy. You're going to laugh. You're going to have fun. 
You're going to meet amazing people. But just let him use you and don't be frightened. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Break our hearts, God, in order that you would be glorified in all that we do. Let's just pray for the person you're with now. Let's pray that into them. Let's bless what God is doing. Let's invite the Holy Spirit to come. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday.